Beware the deadly asparagus planet. All great filmmakers get their start when they are young. Steven Spielberg made 8mm home movies and charged his family 25 cents admission to view them. Jewish business acumen. Woody Allen made short movies in his teens and he paid his family to watch. Jewish guilt. Orson Welles directed Citizen Kane while he was still in his 20s. Not Jewish, but his agent probably was. What I'm trying to say is that I think I still have a chance to become a famous film director. After all, I got my start when I was 14. Spielberg shot in 8mm, but my friends and I shot in Super 8, as in the terrible camcorder standard from the 1990s. My friend Britt miraculously got a Super 8 camcorder for her birthday one year, complete with flying eraserhead. I still have no idea what that means. And we used the crap out of that thing. Mostly to make some pretty awesomely terrible movies with the neighborhood kids. Shorts. Some of them were like 30 seconds. We were ready for YouTube attention spans before there was YouTube. It wasn't until the summer before freshman year of high school that we decided to step up our game. Our summer project was to be our epic, our Ben-Hur, our Gone with the Wind, our Apocalypse Now. Minus the Brando. And the Napalm. We were making the leap from short film to still short film but slightly longer short film that is in no way feature length. So, like, 25 minutes-ish. This movie would have everything. Costumes, sets, special effects. It would even have a script. We had never had one of those before. And what was the title of the script? Star Trek. The Civil War. Yes, a fan film. My friend Mike came up with the idea. Mike thought it would be funny if the crew of the original Star Trek series and the crew of Star Trek The Next Generation had to share a starship. Two captains, two pilots, two of everything. Pretty brilliant idea, actually. Better than some of the Star Trek movies. Most of them, even. And possibly all of them. Mike wrote the first draft of the script. Mike was less of a Trekkie and more of a Monty Python fan, so the first draft didn't make a lot of sense. So I took a crack at it with my Trekkie cred and reined it in a bit. Just a bit, though. It still ended with the characters breaking the fourth wall, going on strike, and the director of the film, portrayed by Mike, dying of AIDS. Monty Python would be proud. With the story taken care of, scripts were printed on my grandmother's dot matrix printer. She also typed up the script for us, as she knew how to type, whereas we were still baffled that keyboards weren't in alphabetical order. Now it was time to construct the Enterprise. The Rafferty compound was the film studio for the duration of the shoot, all three days. My treehouse was the engine room of the Enterprise. We outfitted it with an old hot water heater and a bunch of Christmas lights to represent the engine core. The transporter room was the porch with a giant cardboard box that we painted filling in as the transporter. And the asparagus patch in the backyard stood in for an alien planet. Because asparagus is alien? Most importantly, my mom let us completely empty out the living room and turn it into the bridge of the Enterprise. Outfitted with a bunch of computer parts, a painted backdrop made to look like view screens, and two captain's chairs in the middle of the room. Mike was Captain Kirk and I was Captain Picard, complete with a bald cap made out of pantyhose, officially killing any possibility of me ever running for U.S. president. For the costumes, in our Star Trek universe, the cast of the 1960s Enterprise were all hippies, so they all wore tie-dyed t-shirts. Klingons wore pantyhose on their heads, Worf wore a Boy Scout merit badge. Geordi wore a plastic barrette over his eyes, Scotty wore a kilt. This was high-concept stuff. The shoot went well enough. Everyone played multiple roles. 
Mike was Captain Kirk and the director. I was Captain Picard, Scotty, and sometimes Worf, depending on if Picard or Scotty were in the scene. My best friend's little brother was about six different characters and generally a pain in the ass, as little brothers tend to be. The shoot basically went like this. Step one, shoot scene until everyone gets through their lines without laughing. Step two, shoot next scene. Step three, repeat until all scenes are shot. Sometimes we'd skip step one, and we definitely skipped step three, which did not do any favors to the script which already did not make much sense. With the shoot in the can, it was time to edit. And by edit, I mean me sitting down with two VCRs, pressing play on one and record on the other. This also meant creating some on-screen graphics for the title sequence and credits, which meant firing up my Super Nintendo and making some credits using Mario Paint. Truly high technology. The highest technology, though, and I'm still proud of this to this day, were the special effects for the warp drive. They consisted of me hanging my model Enterprise on some string and dangling it in front of my computer monitor with a Starfield screensaver on. I don't want to brag, but that should have won some sort of award. Star Trek The Civil War wound up clocking in at 26 minutes with credits. It did not win any awards, and I did not charge 25 cents for my family to watch. I probably should have, though. I had the filmmaking chops, but I was missing the business acumen. And yes, just to be clear, I just used my Star Trek fan film I made with my friends when I was 14 to equate myself with Steven Spielberg. Just to be clear. <laughs>